You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. smart astrophysicist guy named Hugh Ross a while back calculated the probability that these and other anthropic constants, 122 in all, would exist on any planet in the universe by chance without divine design. His calculation was one chance in 10 to the 138th power. I can't even think that far. See, I don't get that. Basically, his calculation said zero chance. Due to the constant flow of scientific discoveries, those who reject God have been forced to consider ridiculous explanations from certain realities. In fact, some of the data compiled from certain discoveries place evolution in the realm of impossibility. As Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, the fine-tuning of the cosmos is absolutely impossible without any influence. In his study, you'll learn just how amazing God's design and influence over the cosmos truly is. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of The Living Word. We have on earth, here's another scientific phrase, anthropic constants. Uh, Anthropic means human or man, and it's the principle called the anthropic principle. It's the principle that just came from scientist observation that the universe is extremely fine-tuned or designed in order to support human life on earth. Anthropic constants. Let me give you some of them. Our oxygen in our atmosphere comprises 21% of the earth's atmosphere. Now, why is that important? And, it, and it's a constant. It doesn't change. Here's what happened if it would change. If it were 25%, fires would erupt spontaneously. If it were 15%, we'd all suffocate. As a matter of fact, scientists tell us precise levels of nitrogen, oxygen, carbon dioxide, and ozone are all anthropic constants. That if they changed, we would not survive on this planet. Get this one. I lost 28 hairs yesterday thinking about this one. Yeah, I know. They're almost all gone. If the gravitational force on earth were altered by that amazingly small percentage, our sun would not exist. That's what scientists tell us. Let me read for you. If the centrifugal force of planetary movements did not precisely balance the gravitational forces, nothing could be held in orbit around the sun. For example, if Jupiter were not in its current orbit, the earth would be bombarded with space material. (laughs) Jupiter's gravitational field, listen to me, serves as a cosmic vacuum cleaner to pull things into its orbit that would bombard this planet that we, will, we live on. Fascinating. 24-hour rotation of the earth. If it took any more than 24 hours, temperature differences would be too great between night and day. If it were shorter, wind velocities would blow us away. This is one that is extremely interesting to me. The earth is tilted at exactly 23 degrees. If you change that tilt, alter it any bit slightly, (laughs) surface temperatures on the earth 
would not allow us to survive. Water vapor levels. Water vapor, vapor levels in the atmosphere, if they were any greater, they are now a runaway greenhouse effect would cause temperatures to rise too high for human life. If they were any less, we'd all freeze. Now, that, that's just a handful. That's, you know what scientists have come up with? Scientists have discovered 122 anthropic constants that allow us to survive on this planet. 122. Uh, really smart astrophysicist guy named Hugh Ross a while back calculated the probability that these and other anthropic constants, 122 in all, would exist on any planet in the universe by chance without divine design. His calculation was one chance in 10 to the 138th power. I can't even think that far. You say, I don't get that. Basically, his calculation said zero chance. Zero chance. Psalm 19. Oh, so many great things in the word about this. Come on, read this with me, would you? Come on, engage, engage, and read this with me out loud. Come on, here we go. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Is that amazing? Give God thanks for that. He's given evidence of himself worldwide just by creation. Some of you are too young to remember this, but I remember it. I was a child, but I remember it. When the first astronaut stood on the moon and from the moon looked back down at the rising earth before them. They read. You know what they read? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what they read. John Glenn echoed those convictions years later when at the age of 77, he looked out at the space shuttle Discovery and he said, I quote, to look out at this kind of creation and not believe in God to me is impossible. Another physicist, Paul Davies, says one may find it easier to believe in an infinite array of universes than an infinite deity, but such a belief must rest on faith rather than observation. And he's talking about blind faith. In other words, you have no evidence for what you believe. I'm going to close with a couple of verses. Because I don't know if you're like me, you go, how could you have so much evidence? <laughs> and anybody not believe? Because the issue is not the evidence. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning. But they deliberately forget. They deliberately forget. That's willful. That long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. They deliberately forget. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness 
of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. And the rest of that chapter talks about the downward moral and spiritual spiral of men who reject the very clear evidence and the truth about God. I'm almost done. I hope you're not going to lose the last couple of comments here. Best one volume apologetic other than the Bible that I've ever read is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Isn't that a great title? Let me read you a section. No amount of evidence can compel anyone to believe it. Belief requires assent, not only the mind, not only of the mind, but also of the will. The great atheist Frederick Nietzsche exemplified this when he said, and I quote, if one were to prove this God of the Christians to us, we would, should be even less able to believe in him. It is our preference that decides against Christianity, not arguments. If someone could provide reasonable answers to the most significant questions and objections you have about Christianity, reasonable to the point that Christianity seems true beyond a reasonable doubt, would you then become a Christian? If your honest answer is no, then your resistance to Christianity is emotional or volitional, not merely intellectual. No amount of evidence will convince you because evidence is not what's in your way. You are. One beauty of God's creation is this. If you're not willing to accept Christianity, then you're free to reject it. This freedom to make choices, even the freedom to reject truth, is what makes us moral creatures and enables each of us to choose our ultimate destiny. God has provided enough evidence in this life to convince anyone willing to believe, yet he has also left some ambiguity so as not to compel the unwilling. And here's my closing question. I know we're in a church service. I understand that. Where are you? In regard to your personal response to God's revelation of himself in your life. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. 
If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.